In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes into this world and changes our travel plans and the course of our lives. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we're finishing up our series today on claims, on claim checks. That's what we've been calling the series. And today we're looking at the final claim that we're going to be exploring today. It's certainly not the only claim um, uh, that, that Christianity has made the, these past few that we've done, but these have been the big ones. And uh, you, you could probably say that this is the biggest one for Christians, Because this one is the one that recognizes that Jesus has come into this world in order that he might rescue us. And that he might take us to be with him. And it has a lot to do, actually, with traveling. And uh, maybe I kind of figured that out because I've been doing a lot of traveling this week. And as I was uh, going through this reading, and as I was continuing to understand it better and better, I began to understand better and better that this is really a travel log. That, that this is, is something that, uh, it, it's sort of like the itinerary that I got when I booked my flights. That this is something that is all about our travel and our journey in this world and how Jesus comes in and changes that. And you can tell a lot about people by where they travel. You can tell almost instantly sometimes about somebody from where they're going. I mean, if you're driving through Tallahassee on a Sunday morning, you probably don't see a whole lot of people on the road. And if you do, if they're traveling on that Sunday morning, you can almost positively say, well, not a whole lot else is open. That They're probably going to church. Or maybe you can figure something out about where people are traveling if you're on campus. Maybe you, you say, okay, that, that person is going to Kirstiner. I, I know kind of, you know, probably something about them. They probably really like music. Or maybe they're going to Bellamy. And uh, maybe that tells you something about who they are and what they do and what their major is. Well, I was sitting next to a guy on the flight out to Phoenix, and, uh, and uh, I found out something about him from where he was going. Uh, first of all, it was one of those things where I sat down, and immediately I had to tilt to the side like this, because um, this guy had shoulders that were about double the size of mine. And I, I was sitting in the aisle, and so I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Every time that that drink cart comes down the road, I am going to get slammed. And uh, he was also not very talkative. I, I tend to be, sort of I shoot out a, a short burst when I sit next to somebody on the plane to kind of get a feel for, for who they are. And uh, so I'm like, hey, how are you doing? Fine. I'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the flight then. Okay. <laughs> But I did. I, I ended up talking to him just as we were descending and, and coming down into Phoenix, and I, I, he, he needed to go to the bathroom, and so um, he had to get by me. Um, and, and so when he came back, it opened up the, the opportunity, and I was a little bit bored of reading my book. It was a four-hour flight. And so I said, so where are you going? California. Oh, 
Okay, all right. Um, uh, and, and that didn't tell me anything kind of right at first. And I was like, so, so what are you going there for? And he said, uh, well, uh, for, for uh, school. And I was like, oh, that, that's kind of interesting. What kind of school is it? Uh, recon school, sir. Oh, I, I, I see why you have shoulders this big now. Uh, okay. And, and we, we got to talking about where he was going, and he was going to this recon school, which, if you don't know, that's the Special Forces of the Marine Corps. And, um, and, and we got to talking about how it's, it's a three-month-long program that he was going to and that uh, the ratios of people that actually get out of that thing are not very high, and, and that's what he was going towards. And, and so we began to talk about his travel and where he was coming from, and, and he, he came from Jacksonville that morning. And so I said, oh, I came from Tallahassee. And, and so we kind of had that thing together, and uh, we, we talked about it, and I offered to pray for him uh, for this week because it's going to be a tough week for him. Um, and But you could tell something about who he was simply from the fact that he, he went from Jacksonville and was now going to California. You could tell something about the trajectory of his life and where that, that might be heading. Well, what you see in our gospel reading this morning is something about the trajectory of Jesus Christ's life. Uh, and really how, how that trajectory changes, and then how our trajectory changes as well. And what you have happening at, at, at the beginning is, is Jesus goes up to this mountain to pray with his BFFs. Um, he, he, he goes up there, and, and, and these are sort of the inner circle of the disciples. And uh, if, if you uh, read scripture a lot, you, you get that the disciples maybe are, are kind of flirting with narcolepsy. Um, they, they sleep a lot. Um, and I don't know if Jesus just prayed that long that they were like, oh man, time for a nap. Um, or, or what. But the disciples fall asleep while Jesus is praying. And when they open their eyes, they see Jesus, but he's different. Now, all of a sudden, his, his clothes have changed their appearance. His face even has changed its appearance, which maybe sort of gets us to understand later on in Easter, when Jesus is resurrected, that uh, Mary, one of his good friends, doesn't recognize him. And, and so you, you have Jesus that sort of changed before them, and they're like, oh, what's going on? And then to add to the confusion, not only does Jesus change, but now there's two extra guys there. And how they figure out who these guys are, I have no clue. Uh, if maybe they were wearing name badges. One said Moses, the other one said Elijah. But Jesus is talking to them. And the, the, what he's talking to them about is, is actually the, his travel plans. The, the trajectory of where he's going. And you have in that very moment sort of this juxtaposition of the two places that Jesus could be going. You have, first of all, the place that Jesus should be going, which is into glory, which is to continue to be lit up like he was, continue to be able to talk to Moses and Elijah, continue to hear his father's voice say, this is my son, the beloved. But what they're talking about is Jesus' change of plans. And of course, he came to this earth with that plan in mind. But it wasn't the plan that should have been his. 
And what they're talking about is what Jesus is going to be doing after he leaves that mountain. Because you see, right after Jesus leaves that mountain, he's going down into Jerusalem. He's going down into the city where he is going to be hailed by people saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord, save us. But then in just a few days, he's going to be nailed to a cross like that one. And they're going to be wagging their heads and shouting insults at him. It's almost as if he's, he's changing his, his flights. And saying, in, instead of going there, where, where I should be going, uh, instead, I, I'm going to choose to go there. I'm going to choose to go to that cross. I'm going to choose to do that. And of course, you kind of wonder about Jesus then. Why? Why, why on earth would you choose that? over getting to hang out with Moses and Elijah. Because, I mean, it's good. The transfiguration scene is good. You can tell by Peter. I love Peter because Peter is, um, uh, he, he's just sort of, uh, he, he doesn't have much of a filter. And uh, Peter is uh, there and he opens his eyes and he sees this whole scene. And just as uh, it looks like Moses and Elijah are saying their goodbyes, like, hey, good seeing you, Jesus. Uh, We'll see you on the other side. Um, uh, Peter is like, wait! Better idea! Why don't we stay here forever? I can get some twigs and stuff together. We can build some tents. One for you, one for Elijah. Yeah, this will work out. We don't even need tents. We'll sleep outside. Let's just stay here forever. And why does he say that? He says that because it's good. It's good to be there in that place that Jesus is transfigured. It's good to be there in the midst of that glory that Jesus is in at that point. It's good, but it's not our story. You see, our, our story by itself is, is not one that stays on, on that mountain. In, in fact, our story is one that goes to a different hill. It's one that goes to the hill of Golgotha, the hill of death. And that's not some place that we want to stay forever. That's not some place where we want to build a tent. That's not some place that we even really want to go at all. And so Jesus, what, what he does is he says, well, he, he, I tell you what, Peter, um, we're going to go. We're going to let Moses and Elijah, we're going to let them get back to whatever they're doing. But I tell you what, I'm going to go there. And I'm going to go there for you. We're going to change travel plans here, Peter. And 
I promise you, Peter, what, what's going to happen is uh, you'll actually get to be able to stay here forever. But before that happens, I have to do something. Before that happens, I have to go to the cross. Before that happens, I have to die on that cross. And then after that, you'll, you'll begin to see little bits and pieces of what it's going to be like for you. And this is the first of those little bits and pieces. It's sort of like there, there's a bit of a, a story that's happening here. Um, it, it's very similar to, uh, if you read Chuck Palahniuk novels like Fight Club and, and stuff like that, uh, he, he wrote a book named Rant. Uh, and uh, Rant is, is this interesting book because there's people racing around in cars all of the time and um, hitting each other, and it's really violent and really awesome. Um, and uh, and and uh, you, you sort of get this this picture of um, uh, one of the things that happens is one of the major characters all of a sudden just ups and disappears and goes someplace else. It leaves everybody else in the car there, and so it, it's sort of like that sense that you're in the car by yourself. You're in the car by yourself, and all of a sudden you, you understand that something is going wrong. The, the plane is falling down out of the sky, the engine is on fire, and you are going, oh no. Or your car is speeding towards a three-year-old, and you know that you can't stop. Or your boat is going toward an iceberg. And you're going to die. Well, it's like all of a sudden something strange happens. And now inside of that airplane or inside of that car or on that boat with you, you have somebody else who shows up there sort of magically. And that person is Jesus. And he's there with you and he's there along the ride with you. And just before the horrible thing happens, you disappear. But he doesn't. He who had no sin became sin for us. He crashes and burns. And is found in the wreckage of that plane that went down. He has to deal with the aftermath of the ugliness of sin that has caused that car to go towards that young child. He is now the only person who's left on that boat to shiver and die, cold and alone. And you've gone someplace else. And it's almost as if you, you can kind of get this if you watch enough sci-fi. That you, you disappear from, from that scene, but you end up just outside of that scene. And you, you see him entangled in the wreckage. Entangled in the wreckage of a cross. That was yours. And you see him there. 
and from the outside you 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 realize that you're safe and that you've you've switched places and that this place that you now have is his place that your journey is now his journey that if Jesus would have lived beyond 33 years old that that's your place That's why you're called the body of Christ. Because you switched places with his body. So think about what Jesus would have done had he lived beyond that. Well, of course he did, but you get what I'm saying. You now get to be the one who goes out there and proclaims the gospel to people just like he did. You get to be the one to pray to the Father so that people might be healed just like he did. You now get to be the one who loves on people just like he did. And the next miraculous part of this story is that even though he's dead on that cross, he doesn't stay that way. Even though he's entangled in that wreckage, he doesn't stay that way. And that you're going to meet him a little bit later on. At the moment, right after you die, or right after he comes back to save us. But in the meantime, you're on his road. You're on his journey. And you get to be him. You get to fill his shoes as best as you can. And it's not always going to go well, but it's a lot better than where you were headed. Because see, now that he's taken your place, you get to take his place. You get to be the one who wakes up on resurrection day. Just like Peter was when he opened his eyes and he saw all of the glory that was before him. Seeing people that have been transformed, people that have been dead for a very long time that maybe you knew, maybe grandma, maybe grandpa, maybe mom, dad, somebody else. And you're going to open up your eyes and you're going to see a whole new world. And just like Peter, you are going to say, Lord, it is so good. I want to stay here forever. And Jesus is going to say, Okay. Because I took your place. You get to take mine. Amen.